Welcome to Beyond the Roadmap, Product Talk with AWH, a podcast for product people, by product people. Join us as experts share their experiences and expertise to help you build great products. Welcome to Beyond the Roadmap. My name is Lucas Latour and I am the host. Today we are doing a slightly different podcast. On this episode, we had the privilege of sitting down with Sean Kim, who is head of product at TikTok and former global head of retention at Amazon. We agreed to do 10 questions in 10 minutes. And as you'll hear on the episode, we went a little bit over our 10-minute window, but that's just because the content was so good. This podcast is part of a larger effort to create more short-form, high-value content, And to that end, we are announcing that we'll be launching another product podcast called Product Bytes. Beyond the Roadmap is here to stay. Don't worry, it's not going anywhere. But keep an eye out for that show coming out soon. And for this one, enjoy the show. Today, our guest is none other than Sean Kim, head of product at TikTok, business leader, entrepreneur, and former product leader at Amazon. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So so we'll jump right in. Uh, first question uh, out the gate is, how did you become a product manager? Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I started my career actually in sales and marketing. Uh, at one point, even focused on specifically email marketing. And uh, that's when I really realized that I enjoy coding and building things. Um, I, start, I you know, taught myself to code HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and built emails, microsites, forms, and, and, and so on. And, um, and, and soon I started my own startup uh, and building similar products for local businesses uh, in New York City. And I think that's when I informally started working as a product manager. I, I, would, I would think of product solutions for clients and, and build for them. And at DirecTV, I, I remember the CMO at the time asking me, you know, we, we have this awesome website. You know, how are we going to get people to use it? How do we get people to buy movies online? And, you know, we have all these amazing marketing channels at our disposal. Let's come up with a media plan. And I, I really thought about this. And I said, you know, wh- why would I want to change my behavior as a customer uh, from buying movies offline to online? And, you know, what is the customer problem we're really solving for with this website? And I actually did some research and found that the majority of people were still paying via direct mail and, and by phone. And, you know, direct mail, you know, it, it sucks. It's like you have to have a stamp and you're constantly checking your bank account to see if that check uh, was cleared. And with, with phone reps, uh, they actually charge you an extra $5 just to pay your bill. And so, and you also have to wait around on the phone, right? So, but if you, if you pay online, it was free and it was instant. So I made the recommendation to let's actually promote pay bills online and then also message it contextually. We don't, we don't need to use all those valuable media channels like TV and newsletters and so on. We'll just con- show the customer where to pay their bill online and do it contextually within bills and so on. And uh, the plan worked really well. People actually switched behaviors um, and I suggested building additional features to improve the bill pay experience, like one click paperless billing, auto bill pay, reminder notifications and uh, reward uh, customers for their payment completions. So actually after this, my boss, which I actually still keep in touch with her, she's a mentor of mine, proposed that I focus on product and uh, and open you know many more opportunities at the company. So while while I was there, I actually built out the help center, launched a chat service, you know, launched a Shark Tank 
like entrepreneur program while I was there. And uh, I've been in product ever since. Wow, that is incredible. So question number two for you is, especially now that you are the head of a product a product at such a big organization, how do you think about intelligently taking risks in the product realm, either as a product manager as, or as a leader of product? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, I, I would take the time to draft the product strategy document and with the data that suggests why we should take risks or take the certain specific risks. Um, you know, whether it's a product feature, you know, invest in a new vertical or expand into a new country, this should contain everything from the problem you're solving for, who you're solving for, what is the opportunity size, what's the solution, you know, what are the actual risks that we're taking, you know, what market you should actually test in first, and what is that MVP and phase approach. So at Amazon, we used to call this the working backwards uh, approach where you, you know, start with the customer and work backwards. And, you know, following this principle, we wrote like what we call PRFQs, which were six pager documents, which included the press release written from a future point of view uh, when the product was released. And then a public PRFQ, a public FAQ, as well as an internal FAQ. So questions that were come from customers about the product, as well as any questions from internal stakeholders. Now, of course, you don't need to do this for every single feature we, we launch, but if it's risky uh, and if it's a, requiring a large investment, um, it's probably better to take that extra time to do the research and write this uh, document to minimize that negative impact. Super, super fascinating. Wish we had more time to to dive deeper into that, but that's that's a great answer. So question number three is TikTok is always expanding uh, its user experience and the product offering, like, for example, with the integration of Teespring and, and many other things now. So what percent of your experimentation and design would you say is proactive and getting ahead of the curve versus responding to trends and experiences of current users? Yeah. So I don't think there's an exact percentage as this can change from time to time, depending on the internal and external situation. Uh, what I can tell you is that we're constantly pushing the boundaries and testing new innovative features that make creating content easy, fun, and joyful, as well as features that respond to trends and just you know listening to user feedback. Uh, features that make it easier to use the app. So in regards to innovative features, we actually like to prioritize tools that give users more room to get creative. It's kind of like uh, giving someone a blank canvas versus a coloring book. So tools that inspire creativity really help to increase diverse content and has a better chance of starting trends. Uh, you know, one standout product was the green screen effect, which allowed users to upload images as the background of your video. And this really unleashed a ton of creativity. The, the green screen effect was then used more than, I think, any other effect with tens of millions of videos created globally. And because it was so popular, we introduced 20 different versions of this effect, like green screen video, uh, using video as the background, green screen uh, for the sky. Uh, so you can segment the sky and put video up in the sky. Uh, we even had a dedicated tab in the creation flow just for these effects. And, and for responding to trends and listening to users, uh, we built this feature called Stitch, which was really born and uh, really took off during the pandemic. And Stitch allowed users to watch a creator's video and add their own video ending. And we saw you know, new types of content being created uh, where you just were stitching two different videos together. And we realized that people wanted to collaborate in this new way, but the feature wasn't available within our app. And, and creators would stitch videos outside the app using you know, different software. And we decided, well, we should really reduce this friction and build this feature in-app so that users can watch video and collaborate by adding their own ending. 
And from there, we just saw tons of use cases coming out of this feature. Uh, the most popular being Q&A from a creator uh, asking, for instance, you know, what's a video that lives in your head rent-free? So uh, question four is uh, kind of building off that, what are the most critical metrics or factors that influence the product direction, I guess, at, at TikTok? I mean, given that you're, you have such a large user group and so much variance in the way that users choose to engage with the product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good question. Uh, the, the metrics can depend on the product you're launching, but you know, we have core metrics like most apps that we need to be mindful of, like retention and publish rate, play time, stay time, and LT, lifetime value. You know, frequency of opens within a time period. You know, anytime you add a new big feature to the app, you'll see these metrics impact in a positive or negative way. And of course, there's also principles and external situations that could also impact your roadmap. Uh, one of those core product principles for us is, you know, always drive positive impact in the world, whatever you're building. And around the start of the pandemic, Early last year, we really felt it was our responsibility as a global content platform to allow a way for users to support one another as well as local businesses. So, you know, a lot of people and businesses were hit by hard by financial times, and, and, and we, you know, wanted to show our support. And to show our support, we launched a new donation sticker feature, which allowed users to raise donations for charities within videos and live streams. And you know, so we actually assembled really quickly as a team uh, globally as an organization to work together day in and day out to launch this successful uh, feature within a matter of weeks. And we also you know, work with a bunch of nonprofits globally as well, and, and as well as those that supported communities and healthcare workers to get them onboarded uh, to this donation sticker. And on top of that, we actually even matched all user donations dollar for dollar up to $10 million globally. And separate from that, TikTok donated another $250 million to support, you know, frontline workers and educators and local communities affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. Wow. That's incredible. So number five is, is it possible for a product manager uh, or an organization for that matter to be too data driven? Uh, Yeah. You know, I I think so for making decisions, you know, like I I like to think that you don't need a hundred percent of the data to make a decision. And, you know, if you do have it, you're probably moving too slow. I mean, data is, of course, critical to help make decisions, but it shouldn't slow you down in making progress. Um, you know, there, there's, it's especially true in a startup environment. You often uh, don't have all the data that you need to make the best possible decision. Sometimes you just have to go with your gut. Hmm. So uh, number six is how do you stay close to the customer or the user uh, when you have over a billion people on the platform? That's a good question. I, <laughs> I, uh, I talk to new users, core users, creators, managed partners, and people that don't use the app, people that use it rarely. I mean, it's really good to get many different perspectives so you're not you know, staying in your bubble. Uh, you know, I try to talk to customers uh, and users regularly throughout any forms of communication possible. Surveys are a good way to stay close. Uh, before the pandemic, I used to even talk to people in the street uh, and just ask them, you know, what they like and dislike about TikTok. Uh, I recently just used, started using Clubhouse uh, to drop mm-hmm. in rooms and where there were creators and to listen and, and get their feedback and just stay connected that way as well. And I also read, read comments in the app and just you know talk to our support teams to get get feedback on a regular basis. Gotcha. Okay, so question seven: In what ways do you need to think like a CEO in order to be a good product manager? 
Yeah, great question. So as a CEO, you should be versatile and have a solid understanding of the different functions of the business and really contribute to all the different conversations that are happening in those areas. So all departments are really important to the success of the product, you know, learning, um, you know, with your partners and other cross-functional teams and caring about all the aspects of that business, not, not just the product itself, right? Getting involved with those other areas are, are really important. I also think effective CEOs have a lot of empathy. So really taking the time to understand your users and learn about those challenges and in, in also with your teams and partners, just having empathy when you're working with them. Um, being decisive without having all the data at hand. You know, sometimes being decisive is, and, and being wrong is actually better than not being decisive at all and avoiding the decision altogether. And uh, I, I would say, you know, bringing others along with your vision and plan. You know, you, you definitely will run into people that disagree. So you have to figure out how to get them on board and still instill confidence in your vision. And then lastly, being able to manage conflicts. Uh, there'll be times when there are conflicts and, and learning to deal with those conflicts and just knowing that not everyone's going to like you. Hmm. All right. Well, question eight is, as someone who's worked a lot on retention, what do you think is the key to stickiness for products? Uh, you know, it's, it's for me, it's all about the user value and, and usefulness. So how will this product or service improve the user's experience and add value to their daily life? Uh, it could be as simple as a product experience that reduces steps from A to B or providing tools and enhance storytelling or making it even easier to reach the content that people enjoy. So for Amazon Prime, it was offering new services or benefits, helping people, you know, uh, members understand the value by showing them how much money they saved or, or, or you know, why they joined. Uh, or providing recommendations to products and services they care about. For TikTok, we're continually innovating on ways to add value with the content for users to uh, enjoy across all age groups. I think TikTok can really be the number one destination to help solve like almost all of your goals. You know, what, what to cook, where to travel, what's the latest fashion trend, what should I purchase, what movie should I watch, what's the most popular song? I mean, we're, we're focused on making it even easier to find the content you'll enjoy. And for creators, it's, it's providing the best possible tools to create content, recreate content, jump on trends, as well as providing tools to even earn income on the, on the platform. Awesome. So question nine is, uh, how do you encourage innovation within your product management teams? Yeah, so, you know, there's, there's a few things that I like to like talk to my teams about. And um, some of those uh, principles are like always put your customers first. You know, focus on the customer problem and you know, always ask how you can improve the value of the, uh, for your customers and improve their daily life. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's okay to take risks. It's, it's, it, you know, you can't be afraid to fail. You expect to fail. You know, failure is really what helps you learn and make better products. Uh, you should think like a CEO, you know, you should, as a PM, you should be versatile and understand all the different functions of the business, contribute to those conversations. Um, you don't need 100% of the data to make a decision. If you do have it, you're probably moving too slow. And then study. You know, there's a lot of books out there, you know, attending podcasts like this, uh, learning about the different changes and shifts in the industry, trying to understand different apps and using those different apps and seeing what's great and what's not great. And, and then also, you know, paying for these different uh, events, uh, learning events as well. Hmm. Awesome. So question 10, we're at the end of the road here, but the last one we have for you is, 
What's one thing about product at TikTok right now that you're really proud of, but maybe you feel like it might be flying under the radar that you want more people to know about? Yeah. So, you know, we're really pioneering the way users discover, consume, enjoy, and learn information with short-form video. And it's working really well across any category of content. Travel, food, education, gaming, fashion, comedy, you name it, we have it, right? So it's, it's, it's also, we're becoming a cultural bridge that connects people from different backgrounds, uh, whether it's regardless of, the, of their you know, age or race or nationality, skin color, and so on. It's, and it's because it's a place to be authentic, it's really helping to build empathy uh, globally. Awesome. All right. Well, Sean, Kim, thank you so much for, for your answers and coming on the show. This was super insightful and great. This has been 10 and 10. I'm Lucas Latour, the host, and we will see you on the next one. Need some help with product? AWH is a digital product consulting, user experience, and software development firm here to help you create great digital products. Check out www.awh.net or follow us on Twitter at awhnet to learn more.